There we go. Okay, now we're live, so to speak. Okay. <clears throat> there we go. We'll hit this. Everybody, with a jacket here. <clears throat> Welcome to the twelfth station. I'm James Moore, and I'm with my co-host, Mr. Bug Hall. Hey y'all. Hey y'all. We are blessed to have with us today a very special guest and a personal favorite of us here at the uh, at the Twelfth Station, Father James Altman. Father, thank you so much for coming. Uh, it's, it's just a, as always, it is it is a privilege, and I'm just, I'm grateful, blessed to be here with you. Great, Father. Listen, today's discussion is going to be on the attack uh, is going to be on the attack on the family, and specifically the influence and effects of radical or third wave feminism on the family and society. What radical feminism is not is the idea of equal opportunity. We maintain at its core, skillfully veiled, nonetheless under the mantle of social justice, it is Marxist in nature, yeah. equal outcome. The, the, the ideology has permeated everywhere and be certain there are victims to this ideology, the least of which not being women. Uh, I ask you, because I've experienced this personally many times in social settings. How many of you have experienced meeting a married woman in a social setting with families around, engaging in polite conversation, when the subject progresses to one of a more personal nature, like what does one do for a living? How many of you have experienced this? The poor woman sheepishly admitting that, quote, she doesn't really have a job. I'm just a stay-at-home mom, unquote. You know, that on its own merits is absolutely tragic. Bug, uh, give me your thoughts on this uh, and then, you know, hand it over to Father. Yeah, well, I, just on that opening statement, I've got two thoughts. You know, oh, just, just a sec. Oh, Sure. Uh, the first one being that, uh, you know, when our blessed mother. Look, what do you, what do you hang on one second? He's going to get rid of the dog. I'll cut this out. Just give it five seconds. Okay. Right. Sure. Yes, he does. It was a pre-order. I'm, so, I'm sorry. That is a, the Schwanz man came and he goes nuts and there's a big pre-order up there. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's right, father. Hey, I think, I think he was just as upset about feminism as we are. That's, that's what I <laughs> Yes. Uh, so, yeah, my thoughts on uh, my thoughts on your opening statement. Uh, essentially, our our blessed mother came and she talked about the errors of Russia, and nowadays a lot of us immediately think about the economic errors of Russia. When we hear that phrase, the errors of Russia, our mind immediately goes to the economic aspect of it, which is true and is a problem. I don't think it's the primary problem, though. I think the core of the errors of Russia is the fractionation of the family. Uh, and feminism, I think, is a much larger error of Russia than any of the economic uh, rot that came out of that, that Marxist ideology. Um, so that's the first thing I'd say. I think it's a much bigger problem. Uh, secondarily, as far as, you know, you talked about the, the stay-at-home moms, uh, the housemakers, right? Um, sure. There's something we have to realize as men uh, and as a society, every job that's ever existed, um, ultimately, on a natural level, ultimately exists for the sake of motherhood, right? Oh, Everything wow. we do, its purpose is the rearing of children. It's just the means to provide that home environment necessary to the raising of children to give mothers what they need to do their their very most important jobs, right? Um, and it's something that that we we've kind of gotten backwards in our society because our society is very monetary driven, and so we sure. think sort of in in the wrong terms there. But every job is ultimately for the sake of mothers. Mothers 
are the bedrock of our entire society. Um, and uh, we've got to start living like that. And we have to start honoring our wives in that way. Um, and we have to rethink the order of our society um, so that we're we're holding up that uh, that principle. Yes. Wow. Before Father Altman, before you jump in, I wanted to make a point. Michael Hitchborn at Lepanto always makes this point. Yes. And, and, and it's like the what you just described is, uh, you know, the modern modern call it free market or rather capitalism more accurately mm -hmm. uh, is 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 concerned with materialism. It's the other side of the Marxist coin. Same coin, just the other side, if you follow my logic. Well, and it's gone so far around, too, because, you know, don't get it twisted. The Marxists are just as interested in materialism as the capitalists. Oh, that's what they're based on, right? So, so they come all the way around and meet on the other end, so to speak. Exactly. Father, what do you got? Well, uh, once I launch... Uh... <laughs> We're kind of hoping. Here's the thing. <laughs> uh, feminism, the radical feminism that we're facing today uh, was a Russian inter invention to destroy faith and family. I think we talked about that once before. One, one aspect of that is daycare. And, and I always get in trouble when people complain when, about me when I say daycare is evil. It is not from God. There's no substance. Listen, here it is. There is no substitute for mommy care, period. You're putting your kids, which God has entrusted to you, into the hands of another at a young age. That's exactly the Russian era that they started way back in 1917. So if, if you've done that, you better fall on your knees and repent because you have failed in your duty to raise your children that God has given you. Uh, and that is the truth that you can't get a bishop to stand up and say, you can't get a priest to stand up and say it, point out that daycare is evil. It wasn't created by God. Listen, St. Joseph, what you guys said about the men in, in hospitals to take care of our wives and children. What did St. Joseph do? He took yeah. care of Mary and Jesus. And that was his job. And Mary didn't shuffle Jesus off to daycare so she could get her worth out of some career apart from raising Jesus. That's the holy family. Now, if you want to be an unholy family, well, okay, well, you go right ahead. But don't pretend you're a Christian and don't pretend you're a Catholic because you're not. That's actually true. And it's about time somebody stood up and said so. And I'm talking about the miters who have failed to tell people. Okay, and it's not like they have an excuse because our Blessed Mother warned us 100 plus years ago exactly what's going on today. Archbishop Sheen warned us 70 years ago. There is no excuse for not knowing this. It is so blatant. It's so obvious. And I can, oh, gosh. Well, you see, and you see the results. Yeah, absolutely. Pardon? Absolutely. Mass shooters, by the way. Mass shooters. One of the common denominators between all the mass shooters of the last yeah. 25 years. Daycare. Right. Daycare. And, 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 Bug, I think no fathers, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Daycare and no fathers. I mean, and, and by the way, guys, since we're talking about this, what is the government now putting forth that they're going to pay for daycare? That, yeah. it's a, that it's a great, are you out of your skull? Exactly. You know, we, we, we've, we've really gotten off the beam here. Guys, could um, could I frame it up? Would that be Please. okay? Yeah, yeah you, give you, us the facts, Mr. Mom. Yeah, you got it, sir. Mr. Hall, I would be more than happy. So uh, as we we're kind of putting this together, I, you know, again, I, as, as we always say, you don't agree with us, be civil about it. Come on, we'll debate you. You know, I mean, that's what we, we say it all day long. So we mean it. So feminism at its core, and there's no other way of saying this, is a bullying lie. Like we said earlier, 
Women have suffered tremendously from this bullying. Some because the narrative is so firmly entrenched. You know, because if, you know, if you disagree or you have a question, you, you get canceled. You know, father, you know all about that. You know, that wasn't a wise guy comment, right? Anyway, the, the ideology put forth that men, here's another fallacy. The ideology that they put forth is that men and women are the same physically, emotionally. That's absolute nonsense. Feminism denigrates women who choose to take the path in life that serves, let's say, traditional family roles. Feminism at its core views the traditional family as ideological servitude. The movement yes. to enact these principles is at the end of the day, by the way, enforced, meaning that they want laws to be made, meaning the intent of the law is to enforce. And as a side note, that is always done at the barrel of a gun. That's, you know, there's, there's no other way around it. How else are laws, laws enforced? Which, by the way, is kind of interesting and funny because these people love guns, except if you have one. But I digress. <laughs> so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lastly, feminism purports uh, their greatest lie, which at its core is that is that this radical third wave feminism is Marxist, meaning the world is viewed as a power hierarchy. It's to be dismantled and then redistributed in their minds as fairly. This is an incredibly stupid assumption. It, the assumption belies in the fact that um, all humans are, are equal with respect to their abilities. Intellectually, it's nonsense. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have enough black women neurosurgeons, for example, that is, a, you know, and that they're exactly representative of the demographic makeup, demographic makeup of the world. It's because of the male patriarchy or hierarchy. The hey, stunning. The, yeah, go ahead, Father. Did you happen to see this video of this 84-year-old black woman who's now Nancy Pelosi is trying to put on as the head, the chair of the transportation committee in the house? And no. she's got she's driving a Prius, right? And you know how like angle parking, well, let's see, make me angle parking, all the cars go in this in the same angle, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. She comes in at the exact opposite angle and then hits the two cars beside her. <laughs> Listen, if you can't drive, the transportation. Called, you can't even drive a Prius. <laughs> right. You shouldn't you shouldn't have a position of power anywhere. Go home and be a grandmother. <laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, that's yes, good. But, but that's a fine example of, well, let's just be our let's just have this demographic thing going on. Let's yeah. have our quotas. Yeah, that, that, regardless a, of meritocracy, wow. let's have a quota. Forget, that, forget and, who's qualified for what, right? It's all about yeah. check boxes. That's uh, right. right. Exactly. In my old house, career, Kamala Harris there got her, her appointment. Last in, in, in the entire Democratic field. And somehow let's check those boxes and put her in as the most useless vice president ever. And that's and, the I mean, that's the big problem, right? In my old field, uh, anytime I sold a show or a movie, there were check boxes. How many of this kind of person do you have on the writing staff? How yeah. many of this kind of person? They had an actual list that we had to fulfill. It Isn't was that insane. Absurd. I couldn't just hire the best people for the job. Right. I had to fill the boxes. Wow, and I know, and I know you know all about this being in Hollywood because that's their whole stick. And you know, but but this stunning lie is fascinating because it, it really is so diabolical in nature, diabolical in nature. Because as Father Altman uh, mentioned earlier, it's no longer a competence or or merit hierarchy. Everything is viewed from the prism of power, and the power has to be deconstructed. And, and the system's broken, and we're gonna we we're gonna take that power and redistribute it. It's insane. It, it's actually well, diabolical. Go ahead. Not only is it insane, it makes everyone miserable. There yes. was a study done. There was a study done in one of the Nordic countries. I can't remember which one. Um, and keep in mind, this is one of the most you know quote unquote liberal progressive places in the world. 
they did not expect to get the results they got from these studies. What they yes, found, folks, Jordan Peterson, right? And it was Jordan Sweden. Peterson, let's talk about this. Yeah, yeah it was Sweden. Found, Go ahead, take it. It was Sweden. What they yep. found was that uh, is when they leveled out all the, the as much of the playing field as they could, when they mandated as much of the equal hiring opportunity stuff as they could, women tended to still end up in the job positions that were nurturing uh, in their nature. Yes, right? so they still ended up as nurses, doctors, caretakers, any social workers, anything that was nurturing in, in, in its nature. And they were baffled by this because why aren't they engineers? Right. Why aren't they working in the oil fields? Why aren't they doing these? You know, how come there's not an equal distribution of men and women? The fact is men and women are different. Our inclinations are different. Our natures are wildly different. Yes. And uh so the women in America that are trying to keep up with the ideology, right? They want to be a representative of the ideology. Sure. They're miserable because they're forcing themselves to do things they don't actually want to do. It's contrary to the nature that God made him. Do you see how godless this is? Which is, of course, Marxism, communism, socialism. God is out of the picture. You know, God created two genders, very different, very different talents. Uh, and, and even, you know, the differential uh, distribution of talents within any, any gender Right. Um, so, so the idea that equality is Christian, no, it is not period. It is not Christian God. You know, you, you see it. It's in sacred scripture. Some people have been given different talents. Well, even Jesus in this parable said, well, this one gets 10. This one gets five. This one gets like two. God himself through Jesus tells us there's a differential distribution of talents. So we can't put everybody is not equal. Sorry if you don't like it tough, because listen, if you only got two, I can be happy. Then you only have to produce two extra, right? You're not going to be <laughs> held to the 10 standard later on. Um, but as to genders, they're absolutely completely different. And, and with, with different, your being in essence is completely different. And when you violate your gender, well, that's that's what the trans what's it called transgenders? Yeah, that's we, why they have a, what six seven times the the suicide rate that nobody will talk about that nobody will talk because about because they're violating their very being in essence. That's why with abortionists, with people who get the abortions, they they are haunted for the rest of their life because they have violated <laughs> the very core of who they are, which yeah. is to be a mother. Father, Father, I want to. Sorry. I, yeah. I, in an interview, I can't talk. <laughs> Okay. Sorry, I'll cut I, it off. Okay, thanks. All right. Sorry. No worries. I'll cut it out. Father, I, I wanted it's, to. It's ask pretty you, exciting in my house. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to actually ask you, Father, because one of the things that we don't have a perspective on, but you certainly would. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about all the, the ideological errors in the culture. Yeah. Uh, you, as, as a priest who has, you know, from my perspective, a, a really fatherly heart, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can always tell the real fathers of the world because they're usually outspoken. Um, and it must be wow. absolutely heartbreaking for you to see the brokenness of these people coming into the confessional, trying to get back on track after a lifetime of yes. being ripped to pieces by wrong ideology. Right. These yes. aren't these aren't victimless uh, uh, ideologies. Right. These things affect the, the real uh, uh, lives of people. Can you right. speak to that at all? Sure. The uh, that's it. If I can get say i get really irritated but it's it's a rule i call it the rule of a lot so a lot of people have a lot to say about a lot of things they know nothing about you sit in the confessional uh and you find out 
what this ideology has done to the hearts and souls of of both men and women, because men are just as affected by this insanity. Um, and and you see it, for instance, uh, I'll see decades later, they'll say, I've never told anyone this before. And then they reveal then the brokenness that they have experienced because they succumbed at a young age to the pressures of society. Uh, promiscuity, you know, I, can I just throw something in here? It's Please. People talk about, oh, we got to end abortion. We got to end abortion. You will never end abortion until you end promiscuity in our culture. And one of the Marxist things is promiscuity because it, it destroys family and traditional family values. Um, but that promiscuity then reveals itself in the brokenness that comes into the confessional. And, and you see it. That, that, and yet you, you get, oh, gosh, people in positions of power who continues to support this, this lie. The big lie of Satan himself. This is from hell. Daycare. Let, I'll get in trouble for this again, but daycare is from hell. Uh, yes. The promiscuity yes. is from hell. You know, another example. I, I don't, you can always like, this isn't lying, right? You can, no, you know. no, no. We can. Yeah. Please. Okay. So uh, just this past week, I happened to notice something uh, like a headline or something. They were having a minute of silence or something like that in all of Ireland. Because in a Tullamore, which I've driven by there many times, uh, a young woman in her early 20s was uh, abducted and murdered. And, and yes. it was just, you could just see it coming. The typical, all the feminazis over there, had, and, they, and of course the media, which is owned by the people that are supporting this agenda, all came out and saying, this is this violence against women has to cease. They just keep hammering the same narrative, right? Right. And the irony about all this is that Ireland just passed here not too long ago, uh, the most grave violence against women in the form of aborting their babies, of murdering the babies in their womb. You want to end violence against women, start there. You want to end violence against women, start upholding the beauty of a woman as, as uh, a mother, as a wife. Uh, as a maiden, as a virgin, start upholding that. You know what? And and there will be a uh, concomitant uh, increase in respect and dignity that men have for women. But you know, the women bought into the whole feminazi lie, and 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 the men were happy with this. Why not? You know, because then the women weren't protecting their sanctity, their holiness, their their chastity. They were just loose women. And we had a word for this when I was a younger man that you can't even say these days. Uh, yes. several words, several descriptive adjectives for that woman who did not preserve and protect her dignity as a, as a woman in, in uh, her chastity and her, her purity. Uh, so that they want, so the absurdity of it is, is they're all up in arms. Okay. Oh, and, and by doing so, by, by complete continuing this narrative about, Oh, can't have violence against women. Uh, they're only supporting what they're the exact, they're achieving the exact opposite result. And uh, wow. yeah, that's the big lie. That's the big lie, right? The, yeah. what, what I see, what I see is is this this built-in narrative, this violence against women, right? And it's yeah. it's all predicated on the false history that women have been subjugated uh, for all time by, by you know some some imaginary patriarchy, 
I'm a big I'm a big fan of history. Uh, I study history quite a bit. And what I see when I look at history is I see a beautiful dance between men and women. I see a, I see a beautiful cooperation, right? Sure. When people when people were always living on the brink of starvation, life was always hard, right? Wow. It took it yeah. took both uh, 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 both sexes steering into their talents, steering into what they were best at. Because if you if you were not steering into what you were best at, you weren't going to make it. And so you had this beautiful dance going on throughout history that really elevated our culture. And then we just, well, by the way, we're resting on those foundations and taking it for granted while trying to saw the branch out from under us. Yeah. Guys, can I back That's up a second? That is a good analogy. If I could, guys, can I back up for a second? I wanted to clarify something because we were talking earlier about equality. In God's eyes, I believe, Bug, you were referring to this earlier. We all have the same dignity, not, not equality. Right? Isn't that the isn't right. wasn't that the term that we were discussing earlier? Yeah, you know, all, equal equal indignity. Um, yes, equal by, indignity. by the um, by the merit of our baptism or potential baptism. Right, 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 right. right. Equal in, in the dignity that we we can all uh, be in the beatific vision someday. Yeah. Uh, that yes. is that is our equal dignity. Saint Thomas Aquinas, I mentioned in the last show, um, states very clearly: there are no two created things that are equal. Yes. Um, not a single, not a single two things in this, in the entirety of creation are equal, not two, two seemingly equal rocks, not two human beings, not two angels. Mm -hmm. Very, very sorry. And, and, and listen, in deference to back up everything you guys are saying, you didn't know I had this information, but I'm going to pop it by it. You said before, I think father and bug, you agreed. One of the things that's most interesting is that women, uh, by every metrics are increasingly unhappy. And here's just one I'm going to give you. Yeah. Um, a study began in 1972 called the United States General Social Survey, right? Okay. Basically, since 1972, here are the findings. Women in the United States have become less happy, both absolutely and relative to men. Yeah. The decline in women's happiness is a trend seen across groups, both working, stay-at-home moms, and for those married and divorced, the young and the old, across the education spectrum, etc. Finally, these same trends appeared across industrialized countries, which there is sufficient happiness data. Now, I just think that it proves everything you talk about. Then you add to the fact a myriad of other data, like, for example, the amount of psychotropic antidepressive drugs, all those sorts of things, which is a monstrous point. They're handing those things out like chiclets. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, see what, you know, see what happens. You know, like, we'll just give it a shot here. Yeah. And, and so it's just sort of to get to your point. And I thought it was really interesting. And, and yet we're having this discussion. You guys are bringing up some great points, particularly with Father Altman's point about like daycare. And yet it's not even thought about. And there's so many examples in our own lives where we know that, you know, if people had, uh, you know, really kind of you know, embraced natural law and to, again, to father to your points about promiscuity, men, this is where we got to jump on. You know, we always talk about solutions, Bob, right? That man. We, we, this is where we have to have virtue. So we got to be strong. There, there's a helpful, there's a helpful trick um, that I use when I'm looking at the principles, right? Um sure. A long time ago, a great priest walked me through the sins of Adam and Eve, right? Eve committed six sins. Adam committed the same six sins and then one extra. Um, and they're, they're two, by the way, again, unequal. They're two unequal punishments um, pertained to those sins and the differences between that one. Adam's extra sin was, was uh, capitulation of his duty. 
right? Because oh, he man. wasn't he sure. wasn't there to protect yeah. Eve, right? Yes. Now, yeah. one of Eve's sins is usurpation, right? Because she took the fruit to Adam and and upended the hierarchy by giving him the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing: everything that flows down from feminism in our culture are those two differences. Eve, the punishment for Eve was that she would desire to her husband. Now, what the church fathers all say about that is what that means is she will want to usurp her husband's authority. She will want to be on equal footing with her husband, right? Yes. And Adam, our, uh, us men, our uh, uh, defect now is that we we want to capitulate our, our responsibility. We don't want to be responsible. Now, look at feminism. What it does is it removes responsibility from men. Hooray, right? Men are out there. Yeah. And out. No more responsibility. Exactly. We get, the, we get to eat our cake and we don't have to pay for it, right? Yeah. And women are, are playing this, this uh, uh, unwinnable game of mm-hmm. trying to become equal with men, right? To put themselves on some equal social setting where, where authority hierarchy has been flattened out. Neither of us will ever be happy while steering into our defects. It's only when we courageously yes. upend that and defeat those two defects within ourselves. The happiest wives I know are the ones who have fought tooth and nail to, to learn to be obedient to their husbands out of love, right? And husbands who have learned to be responsible for their families out of love. Yes. yes. Those two things are what rebuild the culture. Yeah. Wow. That's a good wedding homily, by the way. father you must see this uh all the time with your considerable pastoral experience can you comment on that i I was thinking you know you must really you really had a front row seat to this kind of thing for years yeah it's it's kind of humorous but in the confessional what you often hear is the spouse's sins (laughs) and it's always the spouse's fault and (laughs) and and i don't I think that's more, uh, I think I can say this, that I think I hear that more from women uh, than men. And and I haven't tried to discern why that might be the case. Uh, but the offloading personal responsibility for one's care of one's spouse, whether one be a man or woman, um, yeah, I, I one in the wedding homilies, I'll often say that um, that it's the man who who will um, marries at last is the man who will do anything for his wife, and and the wife who will do anything for her husband, and both of them will sacrifice to attain that goal, uh, the happiness of the other. Uh, it, it it all boils down to selfishness in the end. Like, I'm not going to make my spouse happy because I'm too selfish. I want to make myself happy. I got God is supposed to, God wants me to be happy, right? Isn't, isn't that what you often hear uh, as the excuse for the breakdown and breakup of, of families? Well, God wants me to be happy. Uh, well, you, it's in giving that you receive. If you make your spouse happy, uh, that, let me tell you, the rewards come back at you. Um, so, uh, I see, I see it in the brokenness of families, that, and and there's so much more of it now than there used to be. 
but that's because it has that family concept that stick through it all together has um, been denigrated and devalued in, in a culture all because, Oh God wants us to be happy. Right. So I'm going to trade this model in for a new model. Uh, and that's going to make me happy, which as we know, doesn't. Right. Did that answer your question or? or yeah. Yeah. And by the way, just a comment on that. I'd like to pick that up. Cause I, cause I think it's, I think it's really powerful. The, what you just said, uh, God wants me to be happy. Um, don't think so. Don't think it's his yeah. primary concern. Um, no, I, I'm not being flip here. Yeah. Um, I think no, it's actually true. Yeah. He, he wants us to be holy. Number one. Yeah. Number two is, and Jordan Peterson, bug you and I listen to this guy. I know father, you do too. Even from a secular standpoint, he makes this point brilliantly. Happiness is a byproduct of a life of meaning. And that's secular. Yeah. That's you know a good what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's a byproduct. You're, if you, I, I ask you guys this and please take it because I, I get in this conversation and it always goes the same way. And I always say this and people always, their eyes glaze over, over and this guy, this guy's a lunatic. Right. And, and I go, you're, you're, you're not going to believe this, but the entire, you know what, let me get this straight. Uh, you know, what do people really want most out of life to be happy? And that really does mean every day, a lot of people wake up every day and ask the question, how can I be happy? Okay. Stop right there. In the first place, it's complete narcissism, egocentrism, and it's selfishness right now. And the yeah. dirty little secret is, when you break your back for other people in the confines of a Christian marriage, for example, happiness is overflowing. Right. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? And that's the paradox, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I, and yet you say to people and I go and, and I and it always boils down to one thing, too, and it has to do with culture. And this is what happens when we get away from Christ. When we get away from Christ, right, and, and when all of a sudden we, we abandon that notion and, and, and now Christ is relegated to what I call a vending machine. Very much like when I go to yoga and we and, you know, I'm not really feeling all that hot and I'm kind of upset. So I, I really need some some Jesus Christ right now. I don't mean that blasphemously. I, I don't. I, I mean, like, you know, so we're going to we're going to we're going to pull the, the handle. I, I need you now. That's not the point. Yeah. It's like Bug always says it's about the name of the station. It's the 12th station and the yeah. carrying the cross to get there. Yes. And therein lies the paradox. And, 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 and you guys uh, have spoken eloquently. I've heard you on the past, maybe not framed up that way. Please take it. Because I, because I think that's not a small point. Because when you talk to people, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, what do you mean I don't supposed to be happy? It's so countercultural. They're looking at you like you're nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's only, it's only through the cross, right? We, we have to aim for meaning. And yes. as Catholics, we have an abundance of meaning. The world is, is desperate for meaning in their lives. We have it. We have the answer. Unfortunately, and Father, you know this uh, far better than I do. Unfortunately, the the hierarchy uh, it has has decided to tell people that the cross is optional. Yeah, yeah, well, wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's very strong, Mr. Hall. I had a when I was going for uh, uh, to take part in you know before you're ordained you go on a retreat whether it's a deacon retreat or the priest retreat and my spiritual director which was one of the a few uh, good Jesuits, holy, holy man. He gave me a holy card that was, it was called the Smiling Jesus. And uh, when you uh, look at the, the portrayal of Jesus, who has now died on the cross, normally he looks like hell because he's just been through hell. Yeah. And, uh, but in this particular one, the artist captured the essence of the cross. Uh, you see the expired Jesus. But there is this look of peace and joy on his face 
that he's not smiling. But you can see peace and you can see joy. Because out of love, he just sacrificed himself. And if we understood that carrying the cross is not a burden that makes us unhappy, but rather the burden that makes us joyful. Yes. Um, we would look upon this, what seems to be considered a noxious duty, as something you would long for. I, one of the great saints, it might have been, might have been Teresa of Avila. No, maybe it was Therese, um, said something effective. Um, if only we knew the grace that comes with suffering, we would be begging God for more. It might have been Teresa of Avila. I can't, I can't remember. Somebody can fact check me on that one. But, but it was, we'd be begging for more. We'd be begging for a heavier cross. And uh, because that's where our joy will come from. And, um, and you see that, as I said, in that holy card called the smiling Jesus, which is not a reflection of smiling like we're smiling from time to time. But, sure. Uh, that peace and that joy. There was, you know, Father Crappy had this one really good, uh, he, a seminarian was dying and he walked in in his last moments. And though he had been delirious and sweating and just because he was dying of some sort of a cancer, at the very last minute, he sat up in bed. If I've got this, if I got this correct. And, uh, and he said, you can't believe the joy. I think he said it two or three times and then he died. He was that close to the veil that he could see the joy that of the suffering that he was enduring. Um, the, so the answer is the cross. The answer to every bit of suffering is the cross and the joy that comes from Thanking God for it. I, I say that to a lot of people. You, you have to thank him for the cross. Uh, in a, in a, hum, a humorous way, you can say thank him that it isn't any heavier than it is. But no, thank him genuinely for the cross. Thank him for the pain and suffering because it is through that pain and suffering, carrying that cross, that not only joy comes to you, but grace comes to those you love. Uh, and that's a very unselfish approach to it. But that is in, indeed the the... The, what we're all to work for and all we do in life is, is to become unselfish givers because as Jesus himself said, it's in giving you receive. We talked about that a minute ago, a little bit ago. Uh, this is not something you're getting out of the culture, which is all about me. All about feminism is all about me, a woman. I, it's all about me, my career, my promiscuity. I don't want to be criticized for being a promiscuous. Remember, remember I said we had adjectives for that. I say, I, sure. I am not young, but I don't. And you said, you said, uh, Jim, that that men have to be virtuous and yes. start promoting that. But I distinctly remember as a teenager not hearing much promotion of uh, a woman's virtue uh, from the time I was a young teen till even now. Um, you don't really hear that much. It's a very Christian approach to life. God has just been canceled. He's been canceled. That's right. He's been canceled. Uh, and you bring that up. Oh, gosh. Yes. Uh, you'll get canceled, too. Well, and yeah. ultimately, ultimately, every <laughs> evil is an attack on, yes. on masculinity in some way, right? Yeah. Um, and the reality is the Marxists knew what they were doing. This wasn't an accident, yeah. right? The exactly. glass theory that they promoted... It was a it was a big uh, 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 theory in in communist Russia very early on. They knew that they could create 
irresponsible soft men if they could get the women to stop being the guardians of purity and chastity. Right. Right. They knew that they could pull the rug out from under men. Um, and if you have soft men, you can control them, right? When men are attached to, to uh, frivolous pleasures, you can, it's like a dog with a rag. You can just pull them all over the place any which way you want, right? Um, and that's, I mean, that was the, that was the idea and it worked. Yeah. Well, hey, Bug, you, is that you the, just summarized it so beautifully, Bug, because that is exactly yeah. right. Yeah, that was really well done. But I was going to say, is that why there was never a shortage of vodka? In Russia, I mean, they no, they ran out of no. I'm, I'm not yeah. the guy. They ran out of everything else, but man, there was always plenty of vodka. Yeah, you know, yeah. keep, uh, keep them well oiled. See, and anytime you see totalitarian <laughs> regimes, right, all throughout history, you see bread and circus. Yes, right? you see, right. you see all the pleasures that that world can provide being provided in abundance. Yeah. Nothing else is provided in abundance, by the way. Right, um, but pleasure, keep it coming. Today we have we have uh, sports ball and porn, right? Yeah. That's yes. Just just yeah. keep all you want. All you yeah. want, man. All, all, yeah, all you want. Twenty four hours a day, free free of charge. Keep them yeah. in soft. Keep them from from wanting to fight, yeah. right? Because that that way to the cross is a hard hard fight, and uh, you know, in our human want- nature is is to take the path of least resistance, and certainly the path of least resistance is not struggling for virtue, but taking the soft road and and so has the church failed us have the shepherds of the church failed us in telling us and reminding us constantly to live a life of virtue you men well how how can you preach that kind of virtue when you're kind of uh, yeah problematic yourself right Um, so yeah Yeah, i'm thinking i'll I'll leave it at that baby i'm thinking night night baby that that guy (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was probably bad yeah, that's. I wasn't gonna go there, but you did I went so there. good. How uh, yeah. my my trouble bug? <laughs> nope, nope. You're, you're spot on. We, we always need you to bring us back around to the uh, the, the harder truths. <laughs> I know, man. I, I just kind of go, well, you know, guys. I was funny. I was thinking, you know, um, I don't know if this is true, but because it it, it makes me out to, to sort of like the, the messenger here's the altar boy. But what I'm saying is that you know, abortion, all these things. If if men regardless of what everyone else is doing, could recapture that. We wouldn't have abortion. Do you know? Right. Do you know what I mean by that that point? Yeah. Whereas, you know, kind of what Bug's saying and Father's saying, like if we, you know, if we were strong enough and there's, and, and Father, you were right, man, there was not a lot of talk. I think we're about the same age. And there's, uh, there was not a lot of talk, uh, as I know, growing up, you know, and certainly modesty was an anachronism. I mean, that was from a, a past error. You know, you're only limited by your physical condition. Even then, not really. You know, and, and, and you know, moderate, anyway, but what were you going to say? No, you, you know, you, you you mentioned obviously abortion flows directly out of the uh, the errors of feminism. Right. I mean, they're, sure. they're intrinsically linked. Um, and we talk about how soft our society is, how addicted we are to, to just the most frivolous pleasures. Right? You look back now, uh, infanticide has always been a part of pagan culture. Right. Nice. Wherever you find paganism, you find. Wow. Infanticide. Yeah. It's it's rampant throughout history. The only place you don't find it is in the rise of Christendom. Now, get this, though. At least, and, and this is not me in any way defending infanticide and paganism, at least what they thought they were doing was some, some great sacrifice to some deity that they believed was going to 
yeah. you know, provide great yields of food and save their their civilization. Right. It was it was a high concept, a, 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 the lowest and most horrible of all evils. Right. Yes. What do women commit that evil for now so that they can continue going to TGI Fridays on Tuesday night with their friends? Yeah. Do you know, when you think about what you just said, and, and I have said this before, that in these societies that were pagan, that would offer their babies or their virgins, right? Look mm -hmm. what they valued. They valued virginity because that's who they offered to the volcano god, right? Or, or right. the babies, the young ones. They always offered what they valued because they knew that they had to give their best to this pagan god to, to appease him. Yeah. But no, as between them and our culture now, they have a redeeming quality to their offering. What are we doing now? Like you were saying, they just kill the babies out of pure selfishness, as if the babies are worthless. Mm -hmm. As if we have, fallen, is worthless. we have fallen so much lower than anyone yes. could have ever imagined, right? Exactly. We are, we are well below what any of the most horrendous dark cultures in history ever yeah. descended to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great point, man. I, you know, just as a side note, um, you know, I was lucky to have a lot of guys around me, my father, grandfather, who I would consider to be very pious men, very Catholic. They were saying when Roe v. Wade passed and I was a kid, I was a little kid. And I, I was like, I, I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that of, of abortion at that age. I was like, wow, that's really unbelievable. And they were saying next stop infanticide and uh, in euthanasia. And these guys were saying this and people were laughing at them. And they weren't laughing. And guess what? Where are we? You know, yeah. and uh, and, you know, I guess uh, also back to uh, Father Altman's point, which is very strong. The the impact and, and, and the uh, the power, I should say, the deleterious effects of um, promiscuity. I mean, if you don't understand, even on a practical level, I mean, I was reading this study about um, the amount of sexual partners one has is in direct correlation to your ability to pair bond. Mm -hmm. You you can't you can't there's no there's no action without an uh, without a uh, equal and opposite reaction. You can't do this stuff and you wonder why, you know, no one everyone's running around happy so two things, you know, that and also this this uh this really distorted notion that they're supposed to be blissfully happy every day of their life, which is horrible. Right. So what do you what do you guys say? We're uh Bug, I think we're almost at the end, actually. If we're not mistaken. I was we looking at the clock and I said, how time flies. I know. I was like, wow, man. It's like it's like we we're trying to keep this to uh, right around uh, right around 40 minutes. But uh, gosh, I, any final comments, gentlemen? Thank Very you. much and suffer well. <laughs> well, I love when he says that. I was like, uh, and, and Father Albany, my gosh, you, you know, like a Phyllis at home watch this, man. You, you really go out of your way to help us out. It's just a treat to have you, man. We're, we don't even uh, we're uh, huge fans of yours. Thank you. Well, thank you for your – as we work this through so we could get a day where we all could be on at the same time, this worked out really, really well, <laughs> even despite the distractions from Griffin here. Um, <laughs> man, that's a big so, dog, Father. <laughs> remember uh, we talked earlier, and you brought it up again, how uh, the way we talked when we were younger. Yes. But, okay. So this is going to drive the feminazis crazy when I say this. But even as we spoke, as we did in an irreverent and an impure manner as young teens and, and young men, we nevertheless then placed a real and genuine value on the purity of the who we wanted to marry in the end. Yes. And, and those who were 
some of those adjectives that we used back then um that and we yeah should i just say them so that a couple of them sure girl, like i think so sure. tramps or sluts yeah, or right, whores. Right, right, right. I mean, we had those words for those the girls that were easy right sure um and it wasn't somebody that you really wanted to marry but nowadays yeah. nowadays because since i mean they're they're doing things in junior high now yeah. literally and yeah, the numbers and so the the by the time you get out of high school get off to college because you know how that is um even when i was in college we knew the difference between the good girls the bad girls yep. and and that double stand there is listen there is a double standard you know Absolutely. why because god made us different and we're and you just have to if you you have to accept that that god made us different sure and men like are visually stimulated unlike women that is just a physiological neurological fact well, I'll, and, i want to jump on that real quick father because yeah. you're 100 right in this sense the the uh the the, the deepest desire of the, of the women mm. is and, and they say it again and again and again right we have social media why can't i find a good man why can't i find a good man yeah. why can't i find someone who's going to take care right. of me and treat me well and respect yeah. me right yeah. and then they go and and commit the kind of behavior that attracts the wrong kind of men, the exact right. men that they're trying to avoid. And they yeah. can't think there's no good men left, they'll say. Well, right. we're not looking at you. I beg your pardon, but we're avoiding our, our gaze so that we aren't scandalized because right. we guard ourselves, right? The good men, they're guarding themselves. If you want a good man, you have to do the difficult work of elevating yourself yeah. to that level. And it's yeah. the same with men, right? The difference is though, those those reprehensible men in their state of reprehensibility, they yeah. aren't interested in responsibility. They'll right. play that game all day and be happy because <laughs> their exact sin is the sin of capitulation of their duty, right? right? right. So they're yeah. happy to stay in that state. They'll yes. play the game all day long. It's the women yeah. who get the short end of the right. stick, right? Yeah. Yes, they do. Do you know what? When I've seen this in spades, is in dress. Yes, and in the modesty. modesty. Of dress. Right. If you, when you dress uh, with modesty, uh, men, real men, the good men, are attracted to that. I mean, it's so rare you see it nowadays. I know. But nowadays, always, what are those? There's a word for it. They really, really skin tight pants that the girls are wearing, um, and now oh, yeah. I. Some men are wearing them too, which is kind of creepy. Um, but they uh, they wear that, and I'm thinking to myself, I just saw it. Yeah, I just saw it yesterday. Yoga pants? Is that, is that what is is that what they're called? Is that right, Bug? The yoga pants, leggings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm thinking, you, you're, they're leaving nothing to the imagination. Sure, sure. Um, if you want to dress in that fashion, then what in the world do you expect men to think or be inclined to do? Mm -hmm. So. It's just the way it is. And that's the way God made us. And if you don't like it, tough. Talk to him. Right? Yeah. But in, Real quick. But in nice. a godless, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry, Father. Go ahead. Finish up. Well, in, in a godless society, then you could, you could, you could, I guess, theorize that men shouldn't be that way. And right. they should accept the fact that women can dress like, like those adjectives I mentioned that's earlier. That's the principle, right? And that it's should be okay. Because that's human nature. Yeah. So, it's, it's, um, it's trying to get utopia 
while while discounting human nature. Real right. quick, right? Uh, yes, each exactly. One solutions. Yeah. We always promise solutions here. Um, what are some things that individuals can do in their own life to counter this problem? Great question. Uh, I'm uh, Father. Would you like to to jump us off? Okay. Well, all right. So I'm on day three of Exodus 90. And because uh, they, they asked me, this group of, of great holy men out in Virginia to be their spiritual director over this. So I said, yes, not knowing what I was getting myself into. And that cold showers bit, that's a little rough for me in the morning. Uh, <laughs> I am not Walter Chiswick. I can tell you that right now. Uh, what What is the whole point of Exodus 90? That I think Father Heilman started this, the great Father Heilman, holy, holy priest in, in the Diocese of Madison. Um, the point of it all is to build men's virtue through aestheticism and through prayer. And there's a third thing. Like I said, I'm only on day three, so I'm learning this uh, as I go. Um, so for men, check it out and study the principles of Exodus 90. Because let me tell you, if you start living those principles, it makes a world of difference. Uh, for women, understand what God created you to be, but you're never going to understand that unless you actually know your faith. And right. and for men and for women, that takes effort. But like you said earlier, Bug, you're the one that brought up the bread and circuses, which I think the Roman philosopher Juvenal first stated in, uh, I think, year 150 AD. Yep. Um, both for men and women, you got to get just get rid of some of the circuses. Uh and, and actually, one of the things, I just learned this uh, last night, somebody who had done Exodus 90 twice already said that in the voluntary asceticism, when you remove things from your life, like eating between meals, music, uh, TV, that cell phone thing, all of a sudden there's an emptiness and you'll feel the pain of that emptiness. And if you fill that pain with good, holy things, your life changes. That goes for men and women. So I guess get rid of the bread and circuses and start focusing on the one thing, which is eternity, uh, that, that truly matters. That, is that I hope that makes sense. Yeah, very, very strong. Absolutely. That's right. great advice. And Bug, I, if, I, if I could add something, I think, again, it's solution-based. You know, I think a big part of it is in your own home. Uh, I have a daughter. Just uh, you know, hold a certain standard. What goes on in your home on the boob tube? What enters into your home? Uh, if you have a boob too, I mean, which is which is even wonderful if you don't. But but all of those things, um, and and as men, we can uh, guard our eyes, like you were saying. Uh, it's not a small point because, man, I don't have to tell you, you guys are guys, and uh, I live in South Florida. It's brutal. Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be constantly that vigilant. It's yeah. vig- and and there's a whole South American influence, and I'm not just saying. I mean, really true. In constant vigilance. You're like, wow, you guys are yeah, it's brutal. You know, and and um, and it is the culture. And, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think that in our small corner of the world, personal mastery is where it starts. And that's not an easy thing. And like to Father Alton, what he was saying, um, you know, get rid of the uh, the circus and, uh, you know, and 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 and, and kind of kind of fill it full of stuff that's uh, going to keep your eyes on eternity. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, I would I would actually I want to add to that because that's Please. both of those points. Um, marry together so well and right in the middle you know you have that idea that men should be looking for women who want to fulfill those principles alongside them right yes. we've got to let go of of all of wow. our aesthetic attachments um because our culture is just rotten to the core 
What wow. huge men uh, that they're supposed to be looking for in a wife is all wrong. And we have got to detach from that and say, I want a woman who wants to fulfill the principles with me. That's and what get I each other into heaven, which is, I think, the job. Right. Right. Is that, that yep. And, and, and so often, even with good Catholic men, what I see is them still leaning on their aesthetic preferences and trying to bend their view of the woman into, oh, well, but she kind of also wants to fulfill the principles. She's got some problems, but we'll fix those later. No, you won't. If she's not committed to it, no, you won't. Yeah. Uh, because the, getting started, beginning the process of saying, I actually want to submit to my husband and live a life of virtue here in the home and raise holy children, the, the, the gap from the culture to that is so big. If your partner is not already on board with that, it's the wrong partner, right? Right, right. So pick someone that wants to do that with you and then hunker down. Live it, man. Live it. Teach it to your children by your example. They will go out into the world and they will they will spread that ideology um, by their own actions. It's a grassroots movement all over again, and we've got to we've got to live those principles. Yep, and, well, and, and, and I, we've all seen it actually work. And that, that's that was a great comment. And also, if I could. The authority of the husband thing and also understand the nuances and the real authority and where it stands and really do your homework on that. Not, that doesn't mean get me a beer. You know, I mean, you, you know, what I mean, kind of thing. I, I, I you know, but that's uh, that's for another show because that's a that's a beautiful ideation. Well, we, we we absolutely have to do uh, uh, an episode or two on on authority and, and the uh, how authority functions in the home. Right. Because authority is service. Right. Our Lord came came and taught us that very recently. Authority is service. We only have rights because we have duties. Right. There you go. There you go. Great, guys. I got to tell you, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Bug, as always, my man. Uh, you know, and uh, and Father Altman, thank you again. It's just oh, you're welcome. You, you always make my friend. do it again yep. uh, sometime. And it's, we my, will, uh, it's my privilege, and I genuinely mean that. Thank well, you. We're so happy to have you, Father. Right. I'm a big – I'm a – I admire you so much, by the way. I've, I've, I've watched you for a long time, and uh, you're an inspiration to me. You're a well, constant thanks, reminder. Thanks be to God, likewise. Uh, yeah, yeah, a constant reminder that the truth is is always always the uh, the tool we have that cannot be taken from us. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well said. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there, guys. And okay. uh, this is Jim Moore with Bug Hall and uh, our good friend, Father James Altman. This is the uh, 12th station, and we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks again. Viva Krista Wright. Viva Cristo Rey. Viva Cristo